From Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Hi there, I'm Graham, VK4BB. This is the WIA National News Service for week commencing January 10, 2016. And it's a strange, strange world we live in, Master Jack, particularly when it comes to RF misadventures. At the Third Reich, it will be a radio control clock made an ideal Christmas gift in Britain and labelled as one of the most accurate in the world. However, despite the time being set, it reverted to be an hour too fast. Then it was found out the clock was working on German time, no matter how you set it. You see, it uses a radio time pulse transmitted from Frankfurt. And while accurate, the product was only supposed to be used in Germany. About three parking spaces fall into a black spot area at the Bunnings store at Cannon Hill, Brisbane, where phase interference renders electronic car keys almost useless. You can sort of guess it's one of those slow news weeks when we kick off with a story where Mike Ando, a former Beauty and the Geek contestant, went to investigate the issue with his RF equipment. He says the black spot is believed to be caused by metal flashing on three surrounding buildings in what Mr Ando describes as a quirk of building design. I couldn't find anything causing interference, he said. I only got a signal when I locked my car. I looked online with a satellite gear. I was in the middle of three buildings. They happened to have big metal flashing that was causing the interference. So, as they say in the good book, buyer beware. Also, if you're caught, dare we suggest, aisle 13 in the swimming pool area, you can get for about $30 one kilogram of black spot remover. We are not alone, particularly when it comes to internet connection slowness. More than 15 million Australians now have a home broadband connection, but periodic slowness is often a complaint. The latest survey found that the typical Aussie home has just over nine connected devices. This is predicted to rise to a staggering 29 within five years, with more devices coming online as we adopt smart home technology. However, sluggishness can delay home-based businesses, students having difficulty with school assignments, difficulty using virtual classrooms or watching online lectures or webinars, and streaming services are disrupted by buffering or lags. The ACMA advises that a cause of wireless router interference may be from microwave ovens, baby monitors, lamps or even Christmas light displays. The causes of slow internet can vary, but may be due to demand on your wireless router, not having it optimised, or not even being on the correct plan. If you are really worried about slowness, then do some research on the causes and cures, or talk to your provider to find a solution. A mysterious light over Australia's capital city has captured the imaginations of social media users, with many declaring the baffling flare as evidence of UFOs or maybe one of Andy's four Pico balloons he has up currently. Since a video was uploaded to YouTube January 3, it's been viewed over 137,000 times, with users speculating its origin. Many astronomers have discredited the idea that it was a UFO, explaining that it's more likely to be a rare weather phenomenon known as a ball of lightning. Normally, lightning strikes up and down, hitting the ground, but ball lightning is a weird thing where it appears as a ball explosion. Sometimes it can even move around in the sky. 
It's always hard to discredit aliens, but I think they'd probably visit somewhere more active than Canberra. Sorry, Amanda. Three, maybe four Pico balloons at once. The small Australian balloon, PS57, is over the Indian Ocean and heading for home. Andy VK3YT also has at least two other balloons currently floating. PS58 has already circumnavigated the Southern Hemisphere, on its second leg went to Vanuatu, then performed a wide loop westerly over the South Pacific. The most recent launch, PS59, has travelled south of New Zealand with VK and ZL trackers following it. Trackers are also listening intently for the earlier PS56 balloon that has twice circumnavigated the Southern Hemisphere. However, only a default beacon signal giving a Morse code message is heard. Will it be traced making a record-breaking third time around the globe? From the WIA, this is the weekly national news service originating from VK1 WIA. WIA Board Talk and the WIA supports move on NBN interference complaints and the WIA Merit Awards. But first, to Sydney and news from the board table, here is WIA Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. The WIA board rang in some changes over the Christmas New Year period. Rowan Dollar, VK8RD, resigned on 27 December 2015. At a board meeting on 5th January 2016, the board appointed Paul Simmons, VK5PAS, as a director, replacing Chris Platt, VK5CP, who resigned on 1 December 2015 as he became a commissioner on the Fair Work Commission. Paul, VK5PAS, is well known for his work in promoting and supporting the popular portable amateur activities such as the VK5 Parks Award, Worldwide Flora and Fauna, promoting conservation via amateur radio, and Summits on the Air, or SOTA. Paul is a detective in the South Australian Police Force. He will continue as a director through to the end of the AGM in May, in accordance with the provisions of the WIA Constitution. A new treasurer was appointed at the board's 5th January meeting. He is Chris Chapman, VK3QB, who is well known in the DX world as team leader of recent de-expeditions, VK9NT to Norfolk Island and YJ0VK to Vanuatu, organised by the Oceania DX Group. Chris has also served in various roles with the Gippsland Gate Radio and Electronics Club, including two years as president. Chris and his wife own and run a business in Foster. The board welcomes Paul and Chris and looks forward to their contributions to the important work of the board and the Institute. They will participate in the board's scheduled January teleconference meeting on 19th January. The board has resolved to continue with six directors until the end of the AGM in May. In other news, the board has arranged for the Institute's 2015 financial year audit to occur over January. Results will be published on the WIA website when they become available and in the annual report inserted in Amateur Radio magazine in the normal course of events. This has been Director Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH for VK1 WIA News. From Australia, this is VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. What use is an F-call? Recently, I was part of a discussion about emergency preparedness. 
the idea being that as radio amateurs, we're ideally suited to being communication hubs and conduits to pass messages along. Of course, as part of that, we need to have skills and equipment to make those things possible. I've often said that doing contests are a great way to improve your radio skills. It's an adverse environment in which sending and receiving messages is related to your score, and as a bonus, it's a great way to pick up some DX stations that are not yet in your log. There are other things that you can do as an amateur to improve your level of preparedness. I recently conducted an informal survey among a group of amateurs to see which repeaters they had programmed into their radios and which ones they'd actually used. Turns out, in our little group, two repeaters were being used. The rest, around 15, were sometimes programmed into radios, but hardly ever used. As part of improving our skills, we want to make sure that we actually know which repeaters we can use, have the ability to actually use them, and while we're at it, take the opportunity to pass along some message traffic, just for the fun of trying and the fun of practicing. This is really part of a much larger conversation. For example, you might have a radio and batteries, but do your batteries work with the radio of your mate? Do you have conversion cables to deal with this? Are their polarities the same? Is there a standard that you might follow? If you're getting into SOTA, summits on the air, that is, climbing mountains and setting up a radio and making contacts, you're well and truly on your way to being prepared for an emergency, with a pack, food, shelter, power and a portable radio. If you have all that and you don't have the skills to pass on messages, then what do you need to do to get those skills? There are formal processes, some of them encompassed by associations like WISEN, the Wireless Institute Civil Emergency Network, the local SES and other first responders. What is your level of preparedness? Not only your radio, but your skills. I'm Ono, VK6FLAB. With international news, I'm Jason, VK2LAW. The RSGB reports Graham Coomba, Golf Zero November Bravo India, announced his retirement as General Manager of the Radio Society of Great Britain, Monday, January 4. Graham took up the appointment in May 2012, following his return to the UK from Greece, where he had held the call sign Sierra Victor Zero X-Ray Bravo Alpha. Graham has agreed to delay his departure until a suitable successor is in place. Spectrum shortchanged in the UK. The Radio Society of Great Britain believes the growth of amateur radio in the UK is at risk as a result of insufficient primary allocations on the spectrum. Speaking in the UK Spectrum Usage and Demand Second Report released on December 18, the RSGB noted that without primary ham radio allocations between 400 megs and 24 GHz in the UK, confidence, investment and growth in ham radio is severely restricted. According to the RSGB, this creates a particularly difficult situation for Earth-Moon-Earth, narrowband terrestrial systems and satellite transponders. The Society recommended adding to the spectrum to enable experimentation along with an expansion of digital voice. The Society would also like to see space for an extension of digital TV, new data modes and higher data speed technologies. The forum is a sounding board on long-term spectrum issues for the government in the UK and for Ofcom. In Wisconsin, a bit of hospital equipment has just become ham radio equipment too. Recognising the important role amateur radio signals can play in local disasters, Ministry Eagle River Memorial Hospital has given space on its tower to a local club repeater. Mark Descalos, a spokesman for the hospital, told local National Public Radio member station WXPR recently 
that bringing the ham radio club onto the tower was a decision that made good sense. Daskalis said, Here in the Northwoods we have difficulty with cell signals and probably equal wise with radio signals. It was an opportunity to use our tall antenna tower at the hospital to install a repeater. Club members will make use of the expanded signal to provide communication support for community events as well as community disasters. The tower space is being provided free to the club. Push the shift to overdrive send a signal that she's hanging all her hopes on the stars to the moon and back. One-time neighbours of our news editor, Graham VK4BB, pen the song to the moon and back. Yes, Savage Garden. Well, to the moon and back began some 70 years ago today. You see, the United States Army was the first to bounce a radio signal off the moon and the site where it took place on Earth is now part of the Information Age Science History Museum and Learning Centre. The historic transmission on January 10, 1946 from an Army tracking dish is the starting point for all moon bounce experiments. Project Diana, named for the Roman moon goddess Diana, was an experimental project at Fort Monmouth in New Jersey to bounce radar signals off the moon and receive the reflected signals. It played a part in the space race, and even those weak signals reflected from the lunar surface are reported to have experimental applications in spying activities. Those lucky enough to receive the reflected signal received a QSL card. Moon bounce communication was abandoned by the military to be replaced by communication satellites in the early 1960s. However, it found a use in amateur radio in the 1960s with weak signal techniques of today still being explored throughout the world. The large dish antenna at Fort Monmouth is available to moon bounce for radio amateurs and Ocean Monmouth Amateur Radio Club intends to put a 23-centimetre signal on the dish and celebrate the birth of EME. EME is still going strong and the 17th International Earth Moon Earth Conference is going to be held in Venice from August 19 to 21, 2016. One EME pioneer passed just a few weeks ago Ken Street, Golf Mike 3, Echo November Juliet, aged 91. GM3 ENJ of Dunfermline was part of the first moon bounce group in the 60s in Scotland on 432 MHz. They built a dish, transmitter and receiver for EME. But back to Monmouth and from Amateur Radio Newsline, here's Heather MB, KB3 TZD. That site is now part of the Info Age Science History Museum where on January 10th, the EME, or Earth-Moon-Earth Bounce, will be recreated, marking the date when the historic transmission both left its mark and its signal in 1946. In fact, the radio amateurs intend to use that same dish, which has long since been demilitarized and refurbished. The TLM-18 received those first historic signals during its time of active service on that site as a ground station for the Tiros 1 and 2 weather satellites and for Project Vanguard. The commemorative transmission will occur on 23 centimeters from the station of the Ocean Monmouth Amateur Radio Club, N2MO, sent by members of that club as well as hams from Princeton University and the Science Museum. The dish's primary role, as used by Daniel Marlowe, K2QM, is to help observe radio pulsars as well as radiation from the Milky Way. Marlowe teaches physics at Princeton University and serves on the board of InfoAge. The TLM-18 is being made available for the amateur's moon bounce on a secondary basis. Nevertheless, promising this group the moon and then delivering is going to be just as historic an event as it had been back in 1946. For Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Heather Emby, KB3TZD in Berwick, Pennsylvania.
from Australia, this is VK1WIA and the weekly WIA amateur radio news service on RF, internet streaming and text at wia.org.au. Operational News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ 2016. January, Friday the 1st to Sunday the 31st, WIA Ross Hull Memorial VHF UHF Contest. January, Saturday 9th and Sunday the 10th, WIA VHF UHF Summer Field Day. All aboard the Sydney Ferries VHF UHF Contest, Sunday, March 13. WIA John Memorial Field Day, 19, 20 March 2016. Harry Angel 80 metre sprint hopefully will be Saturday 7th of May. 10-10 International Summer Contest August 6 and 7. Special event stations DX, Beacon, Repeater and Net Advice. British scientists commemorated on Ham Radio in 2016. Throughout 2016 the lives and achievements of over 20 British scientists will be commemorated on Amateur Radio with short on-air events on anniversary days and sometimes from related locations. The program started on the 8th of January by commemorating the birthday of Professor Stephen Hawking, culminating on Christmas Day 2016 with Sir Isaac Newton. Bronze, silver and gold awards will be available for 5, 10 or 15 contacts made with the commemorative stations. Various club call signs will be used for the events, and several will use a UK special event, GB, call sign. All UK clubs can participate, most especially if they have a local connection with one of the signists being commemorated. GW4DVB is active as V25GB from Antigua, NA100 to January 14, with 100 watts into a vertical and a multiband dipole. He plans to operate SSB only on the 40 to 6 metre bands. QSL to his home call sign GW4DVB. V25LK also from Antigua until today, the 10th of January, on 20 to 10 metres with emphasis on CW. QSL to the home call, OM3AG. As part of the Scotsman and STEAM event, Bury ARS will be operating GB0ELR from Rawdenstall Station on the 9th, 10th, 16th and 17th of January. The two weekends will be the first opportunity for the general public to preview the Flying Scotsman engine in its wartime black livery following its restoration. IOTA AS202 Members of the Bahrain Amateur Radio Group will be active as A91HI from Hawar Island between April the 28th and May the 1st. QSL via A92AA. F6ITD will be active as FG-F6ITD from Guadeloupe and two of its islands between January the 20th and March the 28th. These include the main island between January the 20th and February the 2nd and La Desirade Island between March the 3 and 8th. He will work all HFNs both on SSB and in digital modes. Listen for the call sign TO6D. QSL Vara's home call sign F6ITD. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Let's have a quick look at scanner news, monitoring, shortwave listening and broadcast. In France, Radio France extinguishing the medium wave. December 31, 2015 was the last day of transmissions from medium wave AM stations broadcasting the Radio France programs. Radio France say the number of listeners to medium wave is now marginal. In addition to existing FM transmissions, Radio France is also investing in the distribution of all its channels and programs to all connected devices, such as smartphones, tablets, PCs, etc., 
and offers new services such as internet, radio and mobile applications. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Defence. Townsville Amateur Radio Club does the 2016 Defence Welcome and Information Expo. The Tark Inc. will be involved in the 2016 Defence Welcome and Information Expo run by the Townsville Office of the Defence Community Organisation, North Queensland. It's on Saturday the 6th of February at RSL Stadium, Murray Complex, from 10am to 1pm. Tarkadians will be drawing on the expertise gained from participation in other expos at the complex to show Defence members and their families currently residing or new to the region some of the aspects of the wonderful world of amateur radio. The club will demonstrate the hobby through a mixture of static, dynamic and interactive displays with members experienced in the many facets of the hobby able to provide meaningful answers and guidance for those attending the expo. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Females in Radio, ALARA, the Australian Ladies AR Association. ALARA's mission is to encourage women's interest in active participation in amateur radio. ALARA was formed in 1975 by a small group of Australian ladies interested in amateur radio. Membership is over 200, with many Australian members sponsoring overseas YLs into ALARA. And the term YL stands for Young Lady, regardless of age. New members are always welcome. Visit alara.org.au and a reminder that the 36th Alara contest is on the last full weekend in August 16. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Amity Young Timers. Seven schools chosen for ARRL grants. Giving a boost to student and teacher literacy in wireless technology, the IRRL has selected seven schools to receive grants from its Education and Technology Program for the academic year 2015-2016. The grants encourage the use of amateur radio to explore radio, science and electronics and focus on lessons in math, science, engineering and technology through hands-on activities. So far, 579 schools have received support from the ARRL program, which comes in the form of resource grants or equipment. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Radio Scouting. A reminder of calling frequencies and to QSY off the calling frequencies after you've established communication. In Australia, the calling frequencies are 3.65, 7 0.090, 14.190, 21.190, 28.190, and 52.160 MHz. Now, I've told you a few times over the past three or four months of the Fisher Ghost Amateur Radio Club, who are now running the amateur radio activity for the 2016 Australian Scout Chamboree at Cataract Park. It ends on the 13th of January. They're active on most bands from 80 metres to 70 centimetres using the call sign VI2 AJ2016. Hours of operation will be from 2300 hours to 0600 hours UTC each day and more than 12,000 scouts are at this jamboree, so it's a huge 11-day event. There will be many kids hoping to get you in their log, so please keep an ear out for VI2AJ2016, and when you hear them, give them a call. QSL via the Bureau, or see VI2AJ2016 QRZ page for full QSL and other information. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Global Set 2015 is a great success and some lessons have been learnt. 
The simulated emergency test to measure the disaster readiness of amateur radio involved 38 countries and four others who recognised its importance but could not take part at this time. IARU Region 1 Emergency Communications Coordinator Greg Mossop, G0DEB, has reported on the event held in December and Brian VK3GR reported to you back on December the 27th but now there's a little bit more detail from VK3PC who tells us that whilst earlier events were on message handling and field stations a better and simpler exercise was needed to demonstrate the strength of amateur radio emergency communications throughout the world. IARU Emergency Communication Coordinators decided that the best way to achieve this would be to have an availability or call-out exercise. It asked all countries with emergency communications groups to contact their members and ask them how quickly they could get on the air if required using a simple web-based form to overcome any language barriers with use of an online translation tools, it made it easier to fill out by the national coordinators who were able to table and measure the response capability. Some members could immediately respond, others needed to obtain supplies, and the third wave of HSF commitments that needed to be cleared resulting in a truly structured response. This exercise occurred on a normal business day in many countries, an availability rate of 20 to 30% of stations is very good, and it does seem reasonable as a planning assumption for future exercises. An interesting finding was the need to revise or improve member alerting procedures. A quarter of the countries relied on a single communications method. Some used email as part of their alerting method, and from previous exercises, it has been shown that email is not 100% reliable. One group's email call-out method in the exercise failed. Where possible, a mixture of methods should be used for alerting members with automatic feedback of message delivery or the response. Probably around 10 times more amateurs took part this time, with a few groups returning after a few years' absence. Finally, success at International Telecommunications World Radio Communications Conference WRC 15 and the International Amateur Radio Union advocacy work that includes references to the emergency communications can be backed up with further proof. What GlobalSet 2015 did was to produce good data to support the IAAU claims on Spectrum and show that we are trained and ready to respond when needed. A full report will be sent to the IAAU regional coordinators who will distribute it further. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Rewinding we go. A look back at history. Fifteen years ago and a little bit, December 21, 2000, students at Burbank School in Burbank, Illinois, USA, lined up and readied themselves for a very historic event. The first school contact with the crew on the International Space Station. RS mentor and radio operator Charlie AJ9N and his team had aptly prepared the students, teachers and public in attendance for their historic contact. As acquisition of signal approached, Charlie began calling NA1SS. Soon, Expedition 1 Commander Bill, or Shep Shepherd, KD5CDL answered back and the students immediately began asking Shep their questions. The rest, as they say, is history. Aris have made nearly 1,000 contacts successfully since Burbank 15 years ago. That original contact was crucial in achieving the goals of Aris. This is VK1 WIA. 
All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au Well, here we are already, the end of WIA in the National News Service. Now, you may have noticed we don't actually come on air and tell you when our deadline is. Because, really, if I gave you a deadline of, say, uh, Sunday morning at 6 o'clock, I know full well that at about 5 minutes to 6, everybody will send their material, and we just wouldn't have time to assemble everything. So... As soon as you get your information, get it to us in text and audio, and we'll get it in the very next available WIA National News Service, particularly those that have been working on a project for four, five, even a year, and then send it to us with half an hour's notice. Just not on. Talking of what is on, though, in 2016, January 22 to 26 in VK4, it's the Townsville Amateur Radio Club's Australia Day Long Weekend Family Radio Camp, being held at the Girl Guides campsite at Blue Water. February 13 in VK3, the Merck Hamfest, 10am at Werribee Masonic Centre. February 28 in VK2, it's Australia's biggest, it's the Central Coast Field Day. February 28, down in VK3, it's EMDRC's Hamfest, and that's being held at the Great Ryrie Primary School at Heathmont. April to May, April 29 to May 2 in VK4, Clareview Gathering. Check the Mackay Amateur Radio Society's website for details on that one. And May 27 to 29 in VK9, WIA's AGM this year in VK9 on Norfolk Island. Till next we meet, I'm Graham, VK4BB. Walk softly. From Australia, this has been VK1 WIA and the weekly WIA Amateur Radio News Service. On RF, we thank our rebroadcast team and you for listening. And remember, internet streaming and text of this news is available 24-7 at wia.org.au.